1: Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and, uh, well, the pirate of picnics. Uh, I'm super excited. It is August. Uh, Seafair weekend was last weekend. We've got the auction of Washington wines. we got the great picnic and the gala. The barrel auction, of course, we have uh, the Seattle Wine Summit, also known as Som Summit, taking place August 25th. So this is it, winding up the best month in Seattle. It is August, uh, and one of the best events in the state of Washington, or actually in North America, is the auction of Washington wines. I've been a um, a, a privileged participant to uh, donate my time and my talents to uh, help uh, further... Uh, benefit the viticulture and enology program at Washington State University as well as uncompensated care for Seattle Children's Hospital. My dad worked at Seattle Children's for about 14 years, so I know all about that, taking care of the kids and the families and making sure that uh, they can go home healthy and, of course, that the hospital can still stay in business because... We gotta pay for it somehow, uh, and we have a good time paying it forward because we have wineries, we have wine makers, we have uh, wine growers, and we have, of course, wine enthusiasts all converging on the uh, beautiful grounds of Chateau Saint Michel. And today, I'm pleased to have Shelley Tomberg, who is the new executive director of the Auction of Washington Wines, and uh, an old friend, winemaker Jason Gorski from DeLille Cellars. You may have heard of that one; been around a bit. Um, and we're gonna chat about the Auction of Washington Wines. Shelley and Jason, welcome to Happy Hour.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks. For-
1: Thanks for having us, Chris. Thanks. Good to see you again. Yeah. Hey, welcome. Thanks for taking some time off on this Saturday night. I know we all have obligations, but what a treat to have you. So, Shelley, you're brand new. You were cr- previously at the World Trade Center Correct. here in uh, Seattle and yep. working some cool events. I know that you had a bunch of wine events through the, uh, throughout the years. Yes, uh, I and did. you featured a bunch of uh, Appalachians and uh, regions. Um, how did you learn about this position?
2: Well, because the uh, folks at the auction of Washington Wines were members of the World Trade Center, and they would come to my events. So I got to meet all of them and uh, just have always, as you know, known, Chris, throughout my career at Columbia Hospitality and the World Trade Center, loved wine events and probably brought in more than my bosses want me to but i said hey this sucks like fun let's do this so we would do wine tastings with like red mountain walla walla Yakima valley and uh through that i just got to know all the folks and um when this position became available it just seemed like the logical next step for me to go
1: Right. Um, and the lady who was there, I, I see her, um, Sherry, Sherry Swingle. Swingle. Yes, yeah, Sherry. from Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, forever, she was such a great um, benchmark standard for that position and made it so fun for everybody. And now with your vitality, you are also a performer in some respect, aren't you?
2: Well, I have been out <laughs> performing a little bit with my band, Shelley and the Curves. Yeah, yes, I know.
1: Of course. And I've yeah. seen you at some of those uh, great wine events. And so it's really fun. Well, let's talk about um, the beneficiaries. Like I mentioned, it's the Washington. State University, of you tell us.
2: That's right. Well, we, all of the events that we do sort of lead up to back to the winemaker picnic. And throughout the year, all of the proceeds that we, that we gather while we're promoting our Washington State wines uh, go to Seattle Children's Hospital, as you mentioned, and the wine science research at WSU. So with that, we feel like this is an event where you can come to, have a whole lot of fun, and feel good that you're giving back to our community
1: yeah both our um our, our people in our community but also That's the right. land of our community because obviously right. uh Washington State is the premier uh educational research institution for viticulture here on the west coast. I That's mean know right. props to u c davis of course, but these guys are actually in the heartland you know bringing yeah. people in from around the world, and some of that those uh proceeds from the auction help bring in some of that talent That's to help right. um get their perspective
2: We are the largest private donor to that uh to the research all the rest comes from various state funding and um what's happening is we're bringing in winemakers that are coming from other parts of the world even to learn and go to that college and then we send them back out into our community so it's just a fabulous way for us to um really get that international flavor bring those people in and then send them back into the world some of them do go on to california which is fine
1: <laughs>
2: we like to spread the love ele- to elevate that state <laughs> that's, in right. Some that's right that's right
1: <laughs> well, that's really exciting. And and for the uh, Seattle Children's Hospital, um, Alan Shoup started this back in that's 1988, right. was it?
2: That's right. The first uh, gala was in 1988 in the Manor House at Shadow St. Michelle. There was about, you know, maybe 40 people there. I think they raised- 20, 40
1: rich people. I think.
2: Winemakers, <laughs> Alan Shoup. I, I've heard they raised $20,000 and it cost them 28000 So. Uh, From that time forward, we've raised forty-one million dollars and have given that back to our community. Yeah,
1: that's amazing. So this is the two thousand eighteen is the thirty-first, right? Thirty-first, that's
2: right. And as you mentioned, we are kind of wrapping up the year with the Great Big Winemaker Picnic on August sixteenth. The gala is unfortunately sold out. But you can still get tickets to the winemaker picnic.
1: Well, that's the fun one. It is a fun one. You this don't is... have to dress up. No, and, and... you
2: can wear flip-flops and shorts and yeah. walk around the grounds. And if you're a wine lover, this is really where you get the chance to connect with winemakers like Jason. And you can talk about you know, their vision for the wine and what they're doing. And we've heard so many stories about people who've found you know their favorite wine because they were wandering around at the picnic, and uh, the winemakers are <laughs> so wandering they were around. Yeah, you know, no, they were not lost, but you know it's kind of big. But uh, you know the winemakers come up and pour right into your glass, and they'll just. You mean
1: not into your mouth? Well, <laughs>
2: I've I've actually seen that maybe that. From Wait, I've seen
1: that. Delta Dental is a sponsor. They need a dentist <laughs> oh, chair, and shoot. they can do the.
2: <laughs> well, maybe we'll keep that somewhere behind the scenes.
1: <laughs> you make the instant rosé a little red wine. That's, and white. Right, that's, that's it. right. We don't condone it, but we've seen it. Uh-huh, I know. Well, you know, of course, everything in moderation. If you're planning to head out to Woodinville, it's important to, to make a plan because uh, you know life's always better with a designated driver. That's, like correct. In every finish. that's correct. Everything. That's correct. And let's talk about the picnic. The hours of the picnic on Thursday.
2: They start at four o'clock. Goes till eight thirty. And as you said, it's on the grounds of Chateau St. Michelle, where all the fabulous concerts are. We just take that right over. Um, There's about 65 winemakers that will be there, and we'll have well over 100 wines to sample. Um, We'll have fabulous food, and this year the theme is sort of like a... El fresco international so each area of food there's eight different food sections will have foods from Belize and France and Italy and of course the Pacific Northwest so oh. from crepes to crab you'll have something you love at one of the food stations or maybe all of them I don't know
1: exciting yeah I like that I love that guy al fresco he's, pretty
2: cool. <laughs> he's kind of popular
1: <laughs> he is, especially in the summertime
2: that's right that's right
1: <laughs> never gets sold well tickets are available how do we get tickets
2: you can get tickets tickets by going to uh, auction of wawines.org.
1: Oh, we made it easier, did we?
2: W.A. Wines, that's right. And uh, 50% of the proceeds go to Seattle Children's, as you've mentioned, and WSU Wine Science Research. So it's a fabulous, fabulous deal. Tickets are still available, but we generally do sell out. Yeah, so, it's a great time. And yeah, the weather is, yeah.
1: uh, well, it's interesting, the weather has been blazingly beautifully hot. We think it's going to be good. Except for the one time when it rained.
2: Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun time, but it kept it cool, and we got all cozy under the tents. That's right. We which got made to know each mistake. other better. <laughs> As event producers, we, oh, we have to think about these little uh, That's right. challenges that arise. Um, but I know that people who conquer challenges a lot are winemakers. Jay Skorsky, you're the winemaker for Deloitte for the last three years now, I think it's been?
3: Uh, sorry with Deloitte seven and a half
1: years ago. Oh, jeez. O- officially winemaker for five years now. okay yeah, time flies, man. It does fly. I must be on Jupiter. My years are take a lot longer than your years. Well, congratulations. Uh, obviously, that's a long tenure. And uh, with the the changeover, the Capital Group came in and and had some infusion at the time. Uh, obviously, you're making a bunch of wine, and participating and uh, generously with the auction of Washington wines. What do you got going there this uh, this next weekend?
3: Well, the uh, the list is kind of long. So we were, we've been involved since '92. Um, personally, I've been in Washington for 15 years and. I've been associated with the auction all 15 years. We're doing a couple of events that are sold out, uh, including the gala and a, a a private barrel auction. We'll be um, participating with the picnic. We're doing a public barrel auction, so at the picnic, you'll actually be able to chance to try uh, one of our future wines uh, of a a State vineyard Cabernet that has a chance of going into our top end Red Mountain Cab. Or, oh, I see. for our estate vineyard. Interesting. Um, well, hold on to be... that.
1: So that one is a single vineyard wine that you'll be presenting at the public barrel auction. Yeah, at the picnic. And you have a chance to buy one of five cases, was it? It's, 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 that's...
2: that's right. You can bid on uh, being the top, well, you'll be the top five bidder, and the top five get a case of this wine that is not yet put in the bottle. So they're tasting from the barrel, talking to people like the winemaker, like Jason, about What's going to happen to this wine in the next 18 months or so?
3: Yeah, it's really fun. It's a chance for us to show off something that normally would go into a bigger blend. So, you know, if you're the top five, you're getting something completely unique. No one else will even get a chance to purchase it. And all the proceeds, uh, you know. Go to some great causes. So, T-
1: tell me about that label. Is that I know that with the TTB, you have to get certain label production requirements approvals. Yeah,
3: the uh, auction is great. They make it easy for us. They get all the approval for us. So, Send it's us a special
1: labels. label that's is yep. it designed with uh, something with the auction of Washington. There's Absolutely.
2: a yeah, there's a auction of Washington wine label on there, and I know that. Uh, takes a little while to get them all organized and together, but we do do that for each of the winemakers.
1: Well, I know that uh, everyone is busy, and, of course, helping um, people be more generous makes it them to be more generous, which is really fun. Uh, unfortunately, I've only been the top sixth bidder, so I've never <laughs> seen a label. You've never Someone always one goes, goes in there, I'm like, I got it, got it, and this countdown begins. Um, how many wines what wines will we be pouring at the picnic this this uh, um, next week?
3: Besides the public, will we actually be roaming and pouring? I should be, I'm, I'll be under the tent with the... Uh, the public barrel auction pouring that cabernet we're going to uh have the rest of my team out pouring our white wine uh Chiller blanc which is uh sauvignon blanc and semillon uh a nice rosé we as, as you mentioned it's been hot
1: so uh more i think half or more of our wine will actually be white or it's pink it's
2: lovely we're actually tasting it there oh, we
1: are tasting it, <laughs> and it's uh, lovely in here. Even If I'm a little warm, I don't know, maybe <laughs> I've still got a little uh, heat hangover from this a uh, couple weekends ago. Uh, this is delicious. So let's talk about this rosé quickly. Sure. This is uh, Grenache,
3: Morved. Morved, and though, in that order. So, yeah. so um, uh, we select blocks specifically for rosé. We pick it to make rosé, and it's uh, no sauna or bleed-off. So basically... Uh, made to be rosé from the beginning. So and This is
1: 2017? This is 17, yeah. This is delicious. This is probably my favorite rosé that you guys have produced. I think Thanks. everyone realizes that that natural acidity is so important to keep that freshness. Um, is there's no barrel? Is this all stainless? This is all stainless, yeah. It's
3: kind of a complicated blend, like most of what we do. Um, inclusion of a little bit of Stone Tree Mouved uh, with this 2017 vintage, I think that actually mm. helps with that freshness a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. And from a warm vintage, I kind of like the color. A little, it's in very in vogue to be... Light color, but we always go for this this salmon
1: color. Oh, you're that's it. good. I, you're right. We just don't want the fluorescent pink or the, the super pink. It's or, pretty. It is pretty. And it tastes great. It's delicious. Uh, you, how many wines are you making now with Delisle outside uh, of the special barrel auction five case one-off? Uh, if you want to call
3: it Mainline, it's it's uh, actually available. Uh, 16 plus. Sixteen. Yeah, we have, a, we have a wonderful wine club, very supportive of the brand, so it's fun for us. We make a bunch of... Uh, a, Really limited runs. We our, our core is actually you know the wines that we'll be pouring. Rosé is really small, so this is normally a wine that's sold out. So we held some for specifically for the end of end of August here. So
1: oh good with,
3: for the for the picnic. The the white wine Schiller Blanc, and D two, uh, two of our largest uh, production wines. So those are you know available all the time. So. Yeah,
1: that D two always rocks, and the state has been the 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 uh, hallmark of that style of wine from Washington State for a long long time. Pretty unique. Yeah, delicious. we actually
3: um. Just partnered with uh, Glassy Baby with D two, so we're going to be uh, uh, with proceeds going to the auction. Oh, so uh, that's uh, on our website. So go head over to littlecellars and com and check it out. So
1: awesome! Well, this has been a real treat. It's always good to see you. I know that you bought a bunch of wine, but we're going to be um, uh, teetotaling today with just this lovely rose. <laughs> no, uh, no. And Shelley, again, the auction website for tickets to the picnic on uh, August eighteenth. It's
2: auction of wa auction of W A wines dot org, and it's a really fun website. You'll get to see all the food and all the wines that are going to be at the picnic. So you really should go there and check it out, and you can get tickets um, right there online.
1: Uh, auction of Wa.
2: <laughs> That's Washington. We we shortened it. W A W A Auction so of W A Wines dot that's correct.
1: All right. And so this picnic, tickets about $125, uh, and you've got probably 80, 90 winemakers there. Of course, eight food stations. You have some games. You have a chance to win some prizes. You've got That's some right. music. That's right. And it's just going to be total fun.
2: It's a great party. It's It's an absolute fun time. And if you're a wine lover or if you want to learn about wine, this is the place to be.
1: Yeah, it's the best place to see winemakers with, uh, outside of their, their normal right. environment. Hey, Jason, I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Shelly, congratulations. Thank you so much. will see you then.
2: All right, see you soon.
1: Hey, folks, stick around. We have more coming up on Happy Hour Radio.
0: Start your day the right way. The Commute with Carlson, live and local, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan.
1: All right, Seattle. Hey, hope you're having a great August Saturday night. Uh, It's a beautiful day in downtown Seattle. Hope you enjoyed that uh, chat with the Auction of Washington Wines. We go from Auction of Washington Wines to the Island of Scottish Whiskey. I'm excited to uh, speak with an old friend, Jenny Wren, who is a brand ambassador for Glen Fittick. Hey, Jenny, welcome back to Happy Hour.
4: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I, I'm really excited to be here again.
1: Awesome. Thanks for taking Saturday night. I know you're down in Oakland. Uh, you know, Gary Payton's from Oakland, so we all love Oakland. And so is Marshawn Lynch, for that matter. <laughs> Yes, sir. All those guys. Um,
4: yeah. It's, uh, it's really lovely down here this time of year. A lot of the country is getting killed with heat, but it's uh, cool and beautiful in the bay.
1: Ah, right. No, We've got to play that Journey song uh, down by the bay. Um, <laughs> hey, pretty cool. So, uh, Glenn Fittick is, uh, has a long storied history about making a beautiful spirit. Tell me about it.
4: Uh, basically, um, we were founded in 1887 by a wonderful and very entrepreneurial gentleman named Mr. William Grant who leveraged everything his family had to start his dream of making the finest dram in the valley. And we are now, all these many years later, we are sixth generation, family-owned company, 131 years old, and still thriving in northern Scotland. So uh, it's, it's a really exciting time to be part of a company that has so much history, but also, it's so forward-thinking and really on the cutting edge of whiskey innovation.
1: Well, that is exciting, considering uh, we have this, um, this beverage consumer called a millennial. Uh, and I'm curious. Of course, Scotch whiskey and whiskey in general has always, well, I guess whiskey is sort of being pushed more with the cherry whiskey and the honey whiskey, the cinnamon whiskeys. But Scotch whiskey has always been kind of that, uh, <clears throat> shall we say, a little more refined customer. Um, and not that the <laughs> millennials aren't refined, but I just don't know that they've actually found that particular uh, pleasure point for the taste that uh, are, are inherent in Scotch whiskey. What can you tell me about the consumer for, for uh, Scotch overall? Well, the
4: consumer for Scotch has really changed. I mean, of course, we have those wonderful uh, people who have always been, you know, big Scotch collectors, big Scotch supporters, um, you know, and and they're kind of getting into a little bit of their golden years at this point. Um, the the new uh, single malt drinker, the new single malt consumer, is someone who is actually very discerning. I know sometimes millennials get a really bad rap, or or people, you know, that are you know, in their 20s now, because it's really funny because the millennials are now moms and dads. So I always laugh when people say millennials. (laughs) Um, But, you know, they're really, really discerning. They care a lot about the culture of a company. They care a lot about the quality of the liquid. They're very discerning. They have a lot of options. Um, They don't tend to be what we call legacy drinkers. Like, uh, my dad drank this or my mom drank this, so I, too, shall drink this. They tend to be people who have so many options surrounding them and so many opportunities to receive whiskey education that when they decide to drink Glenfiddich, it's a, it's a great compliment to us. Um, and they're, they're not lazy at all. They tend to be really, really investigatory about how a company works and how a whiskey is made and where it's from. They're some of the most educated people I've ever talked to in my life. It's a, it's a great pleasure uh, to, to speak to the modern whiskey consumer.
1: Oh, I like that. I'm glad I asked that question because obviously um, being a, an experienced drinker, we have uh, some perceptions and misperceptions, but I, I certainly do uh, recognize that the uh, younger generation has a lot more information available at their hands and at their fingertips in an instant. So anything is possible. You don't have to wonder and, and, and wish and, and hope you actually can answer those questions, whether it's fake or real. Uh, how that's to be determined. Um, but I like the way you said discerning. You're right. That's a, that's a great uh, um, adjective to use for- People who are who are just want to uh, to have discernment and to really be sp- specific about what they um, engage in, and uh, that's cool. Speaking of engaging, um, i speak with Jen Jenny Wren, the brand ambassador for Glenfiddich. Now, uh, Jenny, how many uh, expressions of Glenfiddich are available today?
4: Oh my goodness! In America, Woo. let me think about this. Okay, we have uh, four core range. We have uh, four premium range uh and then at this point with the experimental series we have uh, four because the newest experimental series just came out experimental series number four fire and cane so that does not even include our special editions our global travel retail um i think at this point if you are living in america you can probably access up to 20 different glensitic varietals wow. um all shapes and sizes um but but our our major core range is the twelve, the fourteen, the fifteen, and the eighteen, and then with the experimental series we have the ITA cask, the Project Twenty, which is a, a blend of twenty different casks. We have the Winter Storm, and then the newest release, Fire and Cane. So Wait. that's that's what people are going to see the most frequently
1: wow winter storm uh, obviously we don't want to talk about winter storm <laughs> <yet> today but <laughs> perhaps that might be your life ring and uh your little dinghy in the storm um but this fire and cane obviously we're chatting about this new expression this uh, what did you call it a exploration
4: um it's it, fire and cane is this it, it's this incredible amalgamation of our past and our future coming together. And, and again, whenever I talk about Glenfiddich, it's always heritage versus innovation. It's experience versus, you know, that maverick thought process of how far could we push the boundary. So what Fire and Kane is, is our master blender, Mr. Brian Kinsman, reached back into his past when he was messing around with some peated Glenfiddich right at the beginning of his career. And he decided to marry this idea of a peated Glenfiddich With an unpeated glenfiddich, kind of the idea of our our most popular expression, the glenfiddich 12 signature mold. So fire and cane is a combination of about 60% of a peated glenfiddich, about 40% of an unpeated glenfiddich married together. And and they, they literally, we put them in a marrying ton and let them get to know each other. (laughs) <laughs> but then where a lot of our hair is, I know it sounds very silly, we like take them on a little honeymoon, right? There's a
1: TV <laughs> show, out of, uh, there's a TV show, there's a lady called Dr. Pepper Schwartz, she was a sexologist for University of Washington, she's on a show that's like first time marriage or um, married on site, and so that made me laugh. Oh,
4: wow. <laughs> yeah, this is, I'm kind of think of a similar, you know, a similar idea, only whiskey terms, right? Um so basically, we take uh, we take these two beautiful liquids, and, and again, we're reaching back into Brian's past because Brian was the protege of the most famous master blender in the history of single malt whiskey, Mr. David Stewart, who still is the master blender for the Balvenie. So Brian learned everything he knew from David. David was the first person to really work with cask finishing. So oh. Brian took his education of cask finishing and has put this into Fire and Cane because we're finishing those beautiful peated and unpeated Glenfiddichs in a rum cask. So it is a married whiskey. It is also a rum cask finished whiskey. So you can see how we're pulling from whiskeys we've created before, and then how far can we push the boundary of the distinctive style of Glenfiddich into something completely new for this discerning drinker.
1: Uh, Well, I I tell you, I've got a little in my glass, uh, more than a dram, I should say. (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> um what do and you
1: think? it's well it's it's kind of playing with my mind. I, I get the peat notes Ooh. but then I get some of this tropical notes and it's like you said this is marriage is I'm not sure what kind of restaurant I'm in. It's it's a little confusing, but on the palate it's very very smooth. It's so soft. I'm I'm really um impressed by the finish of the flavors here. I think you get the peat on the attack, but you get some of that rum, coconut um tropical flavors on the finish. Uh and it it tends to be uh, on the the medium weight side. This is not a heavy, heavy, heavy peat. Um, this seems to be very on the just, just enough to give you to make a uh, Isla person go, okay, yeah, I can drink that.
4: Mm-hmm. But then it has that really, really unique and exciting uh, energy of those tropical flavors. And I, I think what's what's funny about this whiskey, and you know, we're all talking about this internally, is that on one hand. It's very, very, very smoky, and you get this almost like char grilled uh, Highland peat kind of aggressiveness. But then on one side, it's very sweet, and people tend to either notice one or the other first. I tend to, when I first start drinking it, the sweet component is very obvious to me. But after about, you know, maybe the end of my dram, I really start tasting that delightful and beautiful smoky component. And then it kind of takes over the dram. So it's, it's, it's a real journey. I mean, it's a really, really beautiful. Uh, single malt that just has so much to offer
1: it has a lot to offer there's a lot going on on my palate right now and it's pretty exciting i think the fire and cane is a great name for it uh it obviously has the smokiness and the tropical notes now curious um quickly we just have a little more time but rum comes from a variety of different countries different islands where's the the source for these rum casts because there's different styles of rum uh, martinique there's mm-hmm. uh uh well you tell me where these from
4: well, I've been sworn to secrecy. Um, <laughs> I cannot reveal my sources because, of course, that is, you know, that's a little bit of a trade secret. But sure. I can say that we are sourcing from areas in the Caribbean and also South America. We're taking these rums that we've chosen, blending them together and bringing them to the distillery. So the, the, the rum blend from a variety of countries is very specific and pre- uh, proprietary to Fire and Cane. And what I can speak to is if anybody has ever enjoyed the Glenfiddich Twenty One, right? That is also a rum cast finish Glenfiddich, but the rum we use for that one is actually a very delicate, very fruity rum, specifically from Caribbean islands. This rum, having a little bit of that South American influence, it's musky, it's goaty, it's heady, it's funky. It's all that cool stuff that you might enjoy if you were going for, like, a Demerara-style rum, like bringing bringing that Demerara idea to mind, that kind of funkiness you get. And the reason for this is we did try to work with the rum. Hey, Jen, hold that thought. Hold up, hold
1: up. We're going to spend some more time with Jen. So stick around, folks. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio.
0: Tune it in and turn it up. Cruise home with Kirby. The Kirby Wilbur Show, live and local. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m., KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan.
1: All right, Seattle, hey, welcome back. Time for round three. We got uh, just cut off a little bit by those darn commercials, but I got Jennifer Wren. Jenny Wren, who's the brand ambassador for Glenfiddich, you were telling me about uh, the Glenfiddich 21, the rum casks you use, and you were talking about some Demomeric rum. Um, Continue on with that story about which rum casks or which proprietary rum regions you guys use for the fire and cane.
4: Oh, yeah, so what I was saying basically is that For our Glucidic 21, we tend to source rums that are from the Caribbean, and these are lighter, delicate, fruitier rums. We tried to work with this rum when we were creating Fire and Cave, but the problem was what Brian found was that the peat was so present that it just ate up all the rumminess we actually had to go source something that was way funkier that could hold up and, and give that sweetness against the peat. So the rum that we're using for this one is entirely different and has a lot of, a lot more chutzpah. <laughs>
1: well, he was chutzpah there in Scotland. I like that. Uh, really cool. Um, uh, this is available now? Is this available in uh, Washington State or in the West Coast? Uh, how can people find this new expression of Glenfiddich fire and cane?
4: It is, and thank you for asking. So I got the official missive that we will be getting all of the Fire and Cane, specifically into California, as of next week. Um, It should hit Seattle probably within a week to a week and a half, and that means it will be on store shelves in less than a month. So within one beautiful month, you should be able to go out there and find this all over the state. Uh, whether it's, um, at a place, you know, like, like your local wine store or your local favorite, uh, uh, whiskey watering hole. So yeah, so give us give us just about one month to get it from Scotland and into your hot little hand, and it will be available.
1: Uh, that's exciting. Uh, I know it uh, as we wind down this beautiful month of August and we get into the sub- September Indian summer, like we like to call it here in Seattle. Uh, I'm sure that the days will be a little shorter, the uh, nights a little cooler, and perhaps this fire and cane will be just the perfect accompaniment to uh, perhaps a little beach fire and um, some warmth in uh, your glass. Uh, Jennifer Wren, Jenny Wren, what a pleasure. Um, Always good to talk with you. Uh, Let me know when you're back in Seattle so we can uh, reconnect, get you here in person so we have that face-to-face opportunity to try some more expressions of Glenn Fittick.
4: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on your show, and I hope you guys enjoy your beautiful evening, and uh, I hope to see you out there. I'll be visiting Seattle upcoming pretty shortly. Uh, for the Scotch and Steak series uh, that's taking place with Seattle Mets. So I'm really excited. I always love visiting you guys.
1: Perfect. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you then. Safe travels. Hey, that's Jenny Wren, the brand ambassador for Glen Spirits, the Scotch Whiskey Company. Founded by Samuel Grant um, a long, long time ago. Uh, Really good stuff. I invite you to check it out because uh, I think these whiskeys they they can last in your in your bar. Well, they don't last in my bar, but they do last in most people's bars. Um, Hey, I'm going to try a couple more products, so we're going to take one moment. Hold your breath. Um, I'm so fortunate to have a bunch of samples sent to me. Well, kind of fortunate. A lot of times it's stuff that I'm not interested in. But in this occasion, uh, this is from our own backyard. So I always like that. Um, uh, the uh, people from uh, Talking Rain have a brand new campaign. It's called the Sparkling Ice Mystery Fruit Flavor. And, of course, I had to participate because, you know, I, I never went at the lottery, but maybe I'll win at this. Um, what the Flavor, it's called. And uh, they actually launched this uh, just this past week. I'm a little late in saying what it is, so you may have already known, but I bet you don't because uh, you wait for me to give you all the best highlights and insights to what's happening in the, in the world of wine, beer, spirits cider, food, beverage, and events and education around the world. So they have a brand-new spokesperson, spokeswoman. She is a drag race car driver, and she's actually down in Kent at the Pacific International Raceway uh, hosting a launch party. Um, They sent me some of these samples here. It's uh, What the Flavor, Sparkling Ice. And, of course, uh, Talking Rain is a company now, I think, in their 30th year. Um, They're based in Preston, Washington. I know they came out back in the 80s, and I remember in college I was – uh, friends with one of the talking rain reps and of course they sponsored my um, alki 8k run for the beach back in the day so uh, they didn't tell me what the flavor is because I didn't want to know but I do have a bottle and it's interesting because the bottle says what the flavor it doesn't tell you what it is so I'm going to pour some in my glass here and see if this uh, old sommelier knows what the heck he's talking about when it comes to stuff that's non-wine um, all right so it's interesting It reminds me a little bit of a squirt. If you ever looked at squirt, it's got that little bit of cloudiness to it, almost of a a louche or loush that happens when you you pour absinthe in water. Um, Let me smell this. Uh I knew it. I knew what it was. I knew right away. I was reading the ingredients. It doesn't say on the ingredients, but it smells like, okay. It had an ingredient called malic acid. I said, there's only one thing in the world that has a lot of malic acid. And what is that? Haha, ha, you're right Granny Smith apples, so let's take his taste. Oh, that might be melon <laughs> um, gosh, they might have thrown me here this has got it's got lemon flavors it smells like watermelon. I think it's watermelon. Uh, it Yeah, I'm going with watermelon. That makes sense. Um, malic acid helps all that fruit flavor. Uh, it's not green apple. It is watermelon. Hello, sparkling ice, mystery fruit flavor. Caught ya. Uh, I tried to guess it. I tried to game it, but... Comes down to your palate because just like wine, you know, it's interesting. I've got so we have a bunch of uh, Seattle Psalms who are taking the Master Sommelier exam. There's they're sitting down for their blind tasting exam, and this one is super, super stressful, super difficult. You have to be basically uh, you know, Wikipedia in the or more Encyclopedia Britannica when you talk about wines. You can't just say I uh, get red fruits. No, you have to talk about the condition of fruit. The texture of the fruit, the weight of the fruit, really, you know, more than just the color and flavor of the fruit. Uh, and so when I when I taste something, we want to game it, we want to guess it, we want to smell it. And like, okay, I, th- I think this is reminiscent, but you have to trust your palate. And that's what it takes. And so I wish uh, my fellow sommelier friends the best of luck in their journey. Of course, I am on this journey as well. I'll be sitting for my exam in 2019. It is official. Um, and I'll, I'll have to figure out what that flavor is. But I'm going to call it Watermelon. Uh, and that's my call. Uh, final answer, uh, initial conclusion, and final conclusion, as we would do in the uh, theory portion, uh, tasting portion of our summary exam. Uh, next up, I have something from Pyramid. Now, Pyramid sent me a 1.3.2 fluid ounces. So that's basically 19.2 fluid ounces. So this can, it's a little more sleek. It's a little more slender can, and it's a little taller. And Pyramid actually used the entire... Can to make this. This is like a billboard or a shirt. It's got great colors. It's got pink, it's got purple, it's got orange, it's got yellow. I think they did some research because uh, McDonald's and Burger King have the same colors. We all want this the same thing. I think yellow and red make us hungry. So this is called Coast Day Dry Hopped Hazy Lager or Hazy Lager. (laughs) I'm not sure, but I'm going to pop it open. I got it in the mail today. Uh, we're going to dump out the watermelon sparkling ice mystery flavor and pour this into my glass. So Pyramid day it's called. Uh, this is a dry-hopped, hazy lager. It's 5.3% alcohol. And, of course, it's from our friends at Pyramid. And I had Josh Riggs, who was just here a couple weeks ago, the uh, innovation brewer for Pyramid. And uh, let say... Mmm, mildly hopped. It smells kind of peachy. Maybe that's a little watermelon left over in my glass. In fact, I'll just empty this out in my spill bucket and do another... of this beautiful can, all right? Yeah, that's better. Um, Slightly malts, so it smells like otter malt. Um, Pale malt. There's no really roasty notes. So this is basically studio temperature, which means it's probably uh, 68 degrees. Um, The palate is is moderate weight. It's, um, I'll call it dry. There's a very uh, mild perception of tannin here very low hop there's no uh aroma hops on this I th- it may be a very light aroma hop but it's mostly bittering hops and they're and they're very uh subtle this is probably like something like kent golding or just a little citra it's not real heavy um shades of ruby grapefruit a little tangerine um, not that it's been infused with any of those flavors um, but that's what's on my palate at this point uh, it's tasty. I think five point three alcohol, something you can have. It's it's just a little higher than a session beer. Uh it is a tall can. I thought the first thing I wanted to do was really shotgun it, but I certainly can't do that at room temp or actually any day in my life anymore. Uh because I'm a refined drinker. Pinky's out. Remember, Pinky's out. Uh this is really fun and um I'm pleased uh, to taste it. Coast day dry hopped hazy lager. Uh it's tasty, it's clean, it's um mild hoppiness, very mild bitterness, um and uh, I guess come then I'll call as well. So I'm digging it. Hey, uh, we're going to take a little break here and I'm going to come back. and going to talk about a um, very secret thing that's going on. Well, not so secret. So it's coming up later this month. It's something that I'm it's true to my heart or dear to my heart and super fun and exciting. So stick around, folks. Be right back here on 570 KVI. You're listening to Happy Hour Radio.
0: Guys, separated by twenty years and a full head of hair, Mark Lee and Van Camp. Weekdays, nine to noon. Talk Radio Five Seventy KVI. KVI want to know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan.
1: All right, Seattle. Hey, that's me. And time for our fourth and final segment. Just uh, a little bit of upcoming news. Of course, the auction of Washington wines is taking place um, on August eighteenth. The uh, Winemaker's Picnic, the Barrel Picnic, Barrel Auction. Out at Shadow St. Michelle, it's $150 for a ticket. It's uh, auction of auctionofwawines.org, and you can get a ticket. Um, that is really the most fun. You get to bring your friends. It's casual. It's comfortable. There's plenty to eat. Um, there's not a lot of long lines. So you don't have to sit on a table with a bunch of people you don't know. Or you can, which is always fun, especially at this event. And wait for service. And the gala is great. It's the gala is very sexy and they they do a lot of fun stuff. And if you have the resources, I, I plan, I would suggest you get into that gala auction, which takes place on Saturday. Of course, they have some wine dinners taking place on Friday. But these days, those are so coveted with um, such great chefs and such great wine-ries and wine, rees and winemakers participating that they sell out so quickly. Because usually, there's someone's beautiful waterfront home, and you you know it's like, hey, let's go on this great date, uh, as it always seems to be. But that's the auction of Washington wines, the 31st annual, coming up on August 18th, 19th, and 20th. Of course, there's a little run up there, but the following week. The following week, Saturday, August 25th, is the International Wine and Spirits Symposium, Psalm Summit. And this is an event that I produced. I produced it last year. It was two and a half days. We we had an amazing lineup of uh, international uh, wine regions and, of course, speakers, master sommeliers, masters of wine. Uh, of course, great spirits with cognac, um, we had beer, uh, and this year we condensed it uh, we 've got one full day we wanted to make it a Saturday, so that we thought you know the average consumer or the the general enthusiast could participate. Last year was on a Sunday, Monday Tuesday. It was really designed for the industry because Sundays and Mondays are typically days off for our uh, wine stewards and sommeliers and directors and things like that but uh, this year. Really wanted to test the water and see uh, how hungry, the what the appetite is for wine knowledge here in the Pacific Northwest, and it's already gaining lots of traction. We've got uh, a fantastic lineup this year. Uh, first of all, we're going to start off with the wines of Grenache and Garnacha. Um, that's one of the, the, the world's premier grapes. I know it doesn't get a lot of uh, credit, but it's one of the, the grapes of chateauneuf du Pop. It's uh, the North, the Southern Rhone, uh, also uh, Rioja, and it's making its way here to Washington. Uh, the, the, the wines are really typically red-fruited and beautiful. Don't quite uh, have the length or ex- expression of Pinot Noir, but they are deliciously red-fruited and um, typically smooth. And speak of their place. Uh, We also have the Samurai of Sake. Toshio Unio is a sake master. He's going to lead two classes, two classes of 35 people, and learn all about sake. And I know that uh, uh, we have a great um, Asian uh, population here, but... To me, sake is one of the most delicious beverages out there. It's it's very delicate. It's refreshing. It's also um, nuanced to no end, and it pairs well, of course, with the local cuisine, which would be from Japan. We have Jim Clark, the uh, wine of wines of South African ambassador, coming up here. He's going to talk about Chenin Blanc and talk about the wines of Stellenbosch, uh, and also do an assembly. We have uh, a our own Tanya Morningstar Darling. And she, is, she was on the radio show about a month and a half ago. Uh, she is a Burgundy ambassador, and she's hosting two masterclasses, one for white wines, one for red wines. Uh, we also have an introduction to the world of the Masters of Wine. Joel Butler, Master of Wine, he is, has the world of wine in Redmond. Uh, he was an educator for San Michelle for many years, and uh, he's been on the uh, Seattle Wine Awards panel for many years, and he was a participant last year, a presenter. He is going to share what it takes to become a Master of Wine and, and how to get involved uh, with the, the program, whether it's through the Wine Spirit Educational Trust or perhaps taking some online courses, etc. And finally, uh, we'll have a few more tastings, but we'll finish the day with the gold medal tasting experience. And the culmination of the Seattle Wine Awards, Oregon Wine Awards, the Seattle Cider Awards, and the Seattle International Spirits Awards will have the winner's, gold medal and double gold medal winners uh, pouring their beautiful products, as well as some international people and some vendors and some uh, local uh, accoutrement artisans uh, sampling some of their products, whether it's chocolate and cheese and chips and jerky and things like that. Uh, wonderful time. It's all happening August 25th over at South Seattle College Campus. Uh, you can find registration information at Um A half-day ticket, you get the assembly and the classroom and some tastings. should be really fun, just $95. Bucks. Uh, and it's free parking, and it's on a Saturday. But if you want to do the whole day, which includes a ticket to the gold medal, tasting experience. It's only $165. And you will be hard-pressed to actually find an event where you can have four premium premier master classes where you learn about wine and spirits, but also a big reception. So you get lunch, you get food, you get free parking. It's all available at psalmsummit.com. That's coming up August 25th. I hope that you will join me and uh, really celebrate the world of international wine and spirits. Uh, I have a great time doing the show. If you ever miss a show, um, remember, check out the website happyhourradio.net and when you're out and about, remember life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers!